party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week I am joined by Deep Anyway for a game of Beyond the Rift. Beyond the Rift, a game set in the canonically anti-canonical world of Mnemonic, is a, a small group fantasy game designed to tell stories inspired by games like Metroid, Castlevania, uh, Hollow Knight in particular, that are sort of driven by a hero sort of navigating an evolving map, facing various different degrees of challenges, and failing a lot before coming to success. It is a very interesting approach to sort of fantasy storytelling. I love the structure of it. It is a combination of journaling and drawing cards and making maps and rolling dice. Like, it is a very evocative and beautiful game that like really kind of captures the tactile joys of a metroidvania style game along with sort of this deep kind of emotional exploration of like what it means to kind of fail and succeed and also like just tells this beautiful evolving fantasy story beyond the rift owns you should pick it up but the other thing that you should pick up is related to beyond the rift uh d is currently kickstarting the mnemonic Weaver's Almanac, which is a full game and campaign setting supplement and also like a book full of like lyric games and recipes and micro games. It is this like incredible world and game and story document. Um, it looks amazing. You should check it out. You can find more information. It is currently on Kickstarter. Um, you can check the show notes for more information. You could follow D on Twitter at D Pennyway, where you can get some more information about like the Kickstarter itself, about the Weaver's Almanac. And yeah, I would love for you to go back it because it extremely owns. So uh, you can find more information about Beyond the Rift and the Mnemonic Weaver's Almanac in the show notes. Now, before we dive in, a brief thank you to Sarxis, our newest backer on Patreon. Thank you for supporting the podcasts, games, all the other cool stuff that I do in a given week. I really appreciate it. If you would like to know more about how to get early access to episodes, unedited audio, early access to weird stuff that I'm working on, I've got some cool stuff in the pipeline that I'm going to be sharing very soon, you can go to patreon.com slash jeffstormer for more information. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so excited to be sitting down with Deep Anyway. Dee, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be playing this game because uh, i got to tell you, I read it and I love it and it's real good and I'm excited. I don't want to gush, but I'm going to gush and say it's real good is the thing. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy it. Uh, I really liked writing it and... I've only had a chance to play it once, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. Well, I'm 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 glad to be number two. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So, um, why don't you take a moment before we dive in and let the lovely listeners at home know about both what we're playing this week as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Sure. Um, so, this is Beyond the Rift. It's a game from a fantasy world I've created called Mnemonic. Uh, Mnemonic is a canonically non-canonical setting um everyone who plays games in this world sees it differently so i i don't want people to think that there is one version of lore that they have to subscribe to or honor in any way um beyond the rift is designed to be kind of like a metroidvania like hollow knight 
but without all the frustration and dexterity based uh, platforming that leads to a lot of burnout among players. Um, and the abandoning of playing the, games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the goal is to get you through the game so that you can see the end of it and have that satisfying closure uh, in one sitting or across multiple sittings, but without a whole lot of backtracking. Um, I'm really excited about this game. Uh, this is the first game that I published as a web page. Um, I used itches. It's so cool. Like it's so cool. I'm I'm looking at it right at this moment, and it's it's extremely good. Is the thing? Yeah. It like it solved a lot of layout problems that I, I do a lot of layout design. Side note, um, and I'm good at layout design. I really like it. Um, but I, there's a lot of questions that I have about accessibility, and this just like solves a lot of them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Just being able to, you know, open it up on my phone and have it the text be readable the same way that it is on a on a web browser. It's just, mm-hmm. it's nice. I like it. Um, it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, other things that I'm working on. Um, th- there is a project that I am putting together with about a dozen other people. Uh, it is the Mnemonic Weaver's Almanac, uh, which is a project that we are kickstarting in August, um, which we're recording this not in August, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know how the timing of that will work out. This, uh, this will be out during during the Kickstarter. Okay, cool. Um, so there's Kickstarter going on right now, uh, where you can uh, back Mnemonic, a Weaver's Almanac. Uh, it's part setting guide. Um, it's part appendix of poems and rituals and songs and recipes. And it's part core rules. Uh, I've been working on mnemonic for about a year and a half, but I've also been working on it for about 10 years. Um, and this is the first time where I feel like we have like the core game of mnemonic. Uh, and so there's a, there's a project where you can buy our book that we're putting it together. Um, I'm really excited about it. I saw some of the art this morning, and it is gorgeous. Um, and I can't wait to show it to people. I'm so excited. This is the first that I've heard about this. <laughs> now, li- listeners, I want you to understand that uh, we do record these well in advance. So a lot of times when I hear about things, like I'm hearing about it for the first time on mic. And so... Uh, oh my god, I cannot wait. That sounds incredible. It's really good. It's uh, So it, the tabletop scene has like various uh, schools of design. Like there's the OSR community, mm-hmm. and then there's like traditional games and story games and lyric games. Um, and Mnemonic is kind of like a, a perfect marriage of a lot of them. Uh, like it has a lot of OSR sensibilities about like uh, gameable lore and like using tables for things. Um, it has uh, a lot of failure in combat um, in in a way that like makes you question why we do violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the, the the lyric sensibility of games that are designed to be read as well as played. Um, that's really important to me. And it's just, I've, I, you know, my team has 
some OSR designers and it's got some uh, people who have done work on lyric style games. Um, it, I just, I'm real excited. Ooh, it's good. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I, I speaking of being excited, do we want to dive into a game? Because I'm super high. I've been, I've been, I've been staring at this opening text for for a little bit now, and I'm just like, let me get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. So we are playing Beyond the Rift, a game from the world of Mnemonic. Uh, we have a little bit of an opening intro crawl. Would you like to read the first paragraph, or should I? Uh, I can start us off. All right. Somewhere in the world of Mnemonic, the city of Tower once stood as a monument to the achievements and ingenuity of the peoples of the world. A massive structure, a thousand feet tall, built to withstand the mightiest of dragon attacks, and house a hundred thousand people within during the toughest onslaughts of the Age of War. It was outside Tower that the final battle took place, where the Grey Mage finally cast the dragons out of existence forever. The world opened up and swallowed the dragons into the space beyond memory. Sadly, half the city of Tower was swallowed with it. What remains in our world is a crumbling wreck, still being repaired by those who survived some 200 years later. What happened to the other half of the city when it vanished beyond the rift is a tragic mystery that may never be solved, but we can imagine. Beyond the rift, the city of Tower is a place locked in crisis. People who wander out of the city or away from designated safe zones, become confused, their minds warped by the chaotic energies of a world that has no memory. There are some who are equipped to survive short excursions into the gray mists of that strange place, who wear masks and made of crystal to guard their minds and keep them sharp. In this ritual, we imagine how those brave wanderers work to end the crisis that plagues their broken city. It is a futile game we play. It won't bring our friends home but perhaps it can give us a little peace to imagine that their struggles end with a small measure of hope. To our friends beyond the rift, these words are for you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So this is a game for traditionally, uh, there, uh, for one to three players, there are three character roles. Um, mm-hmm. Traditionally, uh, there would be three people kind of filling those roles. We're going to be sharing one of those roles between the two of us. Um, how this is? We've got some. We've got some dice. We've got some cards. Uh, we have um, uh, some pens and map making materials, and we're going to make a map together. And as we do that, we're going to tell the story of a character navigating through a space and eventually confronting the adversary. And they will eventually succeed, but we're going to watch them falter and fail repeatedly. And watch the world kind of lift them up and help give them the tools that they need to rise to the occasion. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the three roles, uh, the roles that each of us are playing and then the role that we are sharing? Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Um, so there are three roles. Uh, the first role, which I'll be playing is the weaver. Uh, the weaver is attuned to the tapestry of memory um, and they, uh, they've been asked to peer through the veil and to facilitate the ritual for the other participants. So I'll be drawing cards from a deck and describing each new place as we discover it, uh, and describing the places and the people who live in the world beyond the rift. Uh, I will be keeping a list of your defiances through your journey. Uh, and then during the confrontation, which is at the end of the game, I will read off your defiances to 
give you a little bit of a boost and uh, just generally offer words of encouragement. Excellent. I will be playing the Echo, uh, the surviving memory of someone who lost beyond the rift, a thing that the world has been struggling to resolve. This ritual is an exploration of uh, my efforts to resolve my own story. Um, I am going to be describing how I failed, how I persevered, my actions within the world that we lay out. Um, as new places are explored, I'm going to kind of map those places out, and I'm going to make sure to uh, record in my journal, which I'm also just going to say out loud because this is a podcast, the journey, the details of the relics, secrets, keys, and hero that we encounter in our journey. Um, and then we're going to be sharing the role of the adversary. Yeah. Um, someone attuned to the tapestry, interpreting the conflict that exists. Um, they've been asked to convey that conflict to the group in a way that allows the others to understand what is at stake. So the adversary will be rolling dice to determine the outcomes of dangers. Uh, they will communicate uh, whether or not the e the echo has succeeded or failed as a result of the dice, but they don't describe how the echo fails. That's important. Um, they will also determine the source of the conflict in the world beyond the rift. They will keep a list of the echo's mistakes and failures. They will describe the entity's influence during the tear, which is one of the events that happens during play, and they will read off the Echo's mistakes during the confrontation. Nice. So, I like it. I'm excited. Yeah. This is going to be fun. So, as we go, we're going to be keeping a record of the things we explore, find, and our mistakes and defiances. Um, the nice thing is that we're doing this into a microphone, and that will give us that, that record The podcast forever. is the journal. That's... Uh, that makes it makes it very easy for us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we're going to um, pretty much. I think ready. I think we're ready to get into it. Do we want to just dive right into the fall? Yeah. Uh. Well, we need to create our. Uh, oh yeah. I guess we need to do echo. some world building first. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh. Which I guess that is the fall. Um. You want me to read the flavor text that we have? Yes, please. All right. We find our Echo at the start of their journey, at the bottom of a sheer cliff. How they got there and what they intend to do is anyone's guess. That's what we are here to find out. So in so, this... Sorry, go ahead. Let's go. No, go ahead. Uh, in this ritual, we will follow the path of a single resident of Tower who was lost to the Rift. Perhaps they are an ancestor of ours or someone we imagine we might have been had we found ourselves in the world beyond the Rift. So we are going to spend a few minutes uh, discussing the Echo's place in the world. We have a questionnaire to kind of like uh, help us go through that. The first question is, what is the Echo species? Drake, Fey, Gemfolk, Human, Spiderkin, or Sun Child? I really love Gemfolk. There's, it's that's real. There's a, there's a really specific aesthetic that like I don't know why it is so thoroughly imprinted on my brain, but people made of crystal is like a thing that like <laughs> a specific aesthetic that I keep coming back to again and again and again and again and again. And I'm just going to lean right into it. And I think I, I think the echo is a gem folk. I love it. A beautiful gem folk, a beautiful, a beautiful gem folk. Love it. Uh, so the next question is where does the echo reside within the tower? Uh, we have the market. The university, the forest park, 
the medical quarter, or the barracks? The forest park immediately jumps out to me. Okay. Because that makes me visualize like a crystalline forest. Oh, that's interesting. Like, and that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah, like trees made of crystal? Yeah. And I was just one of them that got up and start and like started moving towards a destination. Oh, cool. Not quite, not quite like an, not quite an ant, not quite a, not quite a walking mountain somewhere in the middle, but that like that, like that is my end state is to go back to that park and just stand amongst, amongst the crystal trees again. Ah, oh, that's lovely. I like that a lot. Uh, what garment forms the Echo's silhouette? Is it a cloak, a dress, a suit of armor, or a hat? I love a dress. All right. I love I love a dress. I'm going to go with a dress. Do you want to describe this lovely dress? Flared on the bottom, kind of a little like flared on the bottom, kind of um, what's a very kind of retro styling. So the silhouette, the silhouette looks not akin to or not unlike a sort of a a pine tree kind of shape where it's that big poof on the bottom and then sort of a triangle up okay um so the 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 skirt is what i'm really picturing of one of those big i don't remember hoop skirts i think is the name but i don't Mm -hmm. know if that's quite right the ones that like jump yeah shoot out like a big yeah big dress at the bottom big shoulder big shoulders as well i think there's a second Kind of uh, again with the Pablo, the sort of the pine tree aesthetic, big, big, big kind of eighty shoulder pads. Nice, I like it. So, how does the Echo defend themselves against those who want to stop them with their sword, their staff, their power of memory, or their wits? Um, I will go with the power of memory. Cool. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think there is a a glow from like a glow from within, right? These trees, these crystalline trees, these these people, these these gem folk. I mean, they you know, gems are ancient. They are long lived. They they go back so far, generations, and I, I visualize that that age that experience like there's a the the same impulse that made me step out of the ground and start walking with a purpose gives me an impulse to form give give form to that age and experience in sort of uh very dramatic flashy light based ways right mm-hmm. like you know illuminating illuminating the dark with the with the generations that i have seen oh yeah all right uh what shall we call the echo in this story and this is also where we mark your strong suit so are you the wanderer are you the shade? Are you the vessel? Or are you the warrior? Um, 
original, so my first instinct was towards the Wanderer. Then I floated towards the Vessel. But the more that I think about it, the more I love it being the Shade. I think, I think, I, I feel like a tree just would naturally float towards the Shade. Nice. It's, it's what they provide. It's mm-hmm. what they do. Cool. And that gives you the strong suit of diamonds. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to not give the Echo a name and just call them the Echo. I like it. Do you want to call them the Echo or do you want to to call them the Shade? The Shade. I like the Shade. We're going to call them the Shade. Okay. Great. All right. So once you've answered these questions and recorded the notes that are appropriate, take a moment to consider the world that the Echo is in. If there's vegetation beyond the rift, what does it look like? I think we talked about crystal forests. Mm-hmm. Um, are there regular plants here, like trees and things, or is it all crystal? A lot of it is crystal, but there are real plants, but they're all very crystal-esque. Crystal-esque is the aesthetic that I'm, I, I think I see when I close my eyes. Like, almost, I want to say, sort of geometrical and kind of um, 8-bit or 16-bit influenced, but in sort of a 3D space. Okay. Sort of like, so things are kind of, geom- things, things are very made up of geometric shapes. Gotcha. So like, like the polygon count is really low. Yeah, yeah. But the resolution is really high. Yeah, the resolution is beautiful. The reflections are, are are crisp and clear. But it's just a lot of like flat surfaces that have been immaculately crafted. Oh, I love it. Um, do the animals here look like any creatures that you've seen before? Yes. Sort of, at times. Have you ever watched a, a YouTube video when your internet was being choppy? <laughs> and, like, it freezes, and then, like, it kind of breaks through that freeze, and, like, slowly the, the screen starts to kind of melt is the only kind of way to describe it. Like, like you kind of see parts of it moving forward, but parts of it are still the same frame? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I picture animals looking like it's <gasps> like uh it's like uh i picture specifically like a fox jumping through the air but as it jumps through the air like it just parts of parts of the air parts of like the air don't move or uh, parts of the color around it don't move and that like kind of after image sort of fo- like that trail flows behind it of like some parts of it not and some parts of the color of that fox like linger and kind of dissipate over time yeah is that uh is that a feature of the animals or is that like is that just how the world works beyond the rift? I think it's just how the world works. I think I think I think I'm I'm going to go with the classic Jeff Stormer answer of I think it is a little bit of both. Yeah. In that I think the world works that way for things that are alive and moving through it. Like if a tree blows in the wind, I don't think that tree, I think that maybe that tree goes back. But if a person is moving among those trees, they're sort of watercolor, like watercolor trail paints among them or between the trees. That's super evocative. And so you get these very big geometric, 
like plant shapes with just this flowing, very kind of lucid painterly quality among like between them. Yeah. I like that. Uh, is there any other way that the world beyond the rift differs from the world with which you are familiar? Hmm. I don't know what it looks like. I think there is definitely magic of the flashy variety, but not necessarily of the tangible variety. So perhaps, you know, you there's no... Uh, in this, I think similar to the way that people move, right? It's a lot of, of streams and flowing and, you know, conjuring of energies and putting energies into places and bringing energies out into the light. But it's not so much like, I've made a cube. I, I have conjured the cube. Gotcha. So it, I'm, I'm getting kind of a, not to reference another thing from pop culture that is already gotten plenty of press, but like... Like kind of like the the spirit essences that are in uh, like Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that. I like the look of that. I feel like yeah. that that feels right for the world that that we've painted. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I like the the idea of like watercolor in space. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a good. I think that's a good a good aesthetic to describe the flow of magic as well as the flow of people. Is like. It's just other other colors in the palette, right? And yeah. They kind of clash with whatever the sort of overwhelming palette of the space is. Yeah. So it's 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 now I'm now I'm thinking it through and loving that like in this space where there are these big geometric shapes and there's people moving through it and everything is kind of shades of pink, magic might be like a flash of like neon bright green. Yeah. And like that is all it is, right? Is like is that that flow of that splash of that like that strike of neon bright green or dark blue or some color that is just completely out of place and it just flows, but it just kind of ties into the rest of the the the, the space around it. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I'm 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 thinking about also. Uh, the shade's power of memory and how it mm-hmm. manifests as kind of like a glow from within. And I wonder if that's like a seeping out of this magical. Oh, that, that, you know, that perfectly kind of describes like what I was like thinking and couldn't put the words to it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. That's, that's really nice. So what is it that spurs the shade to venture into the unknown? <sighs> I think it is a memory of a world in which everything flowed like water and like that the things that flow like water now were not just part of it a a desire to a desire to be less like a geometric object and more like the things flowing between the trees. Cool. So it's just kind of just like a, like a curiosity and a desire to be something different. Yeah. And a desire to belong to a certain extent. Like, you know, we've said that like 
These trees are old. These gems are old. They've seen for as long as this has been in the rift, like they've seen these people, animals, things, beings flowing and moving. Eventually it wanted to do the same. Yeah. It's very cool. It's, oh, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're ready to start the journey. I think we are ready to start the journey. So we, I didn't, I didn't mention this or I didn't describe it before, but the way that this works is the weaver, which is me. Uh, I have a deck of cards in my hand. It's a standard poker deck. We've removed some of them for time's sake, um, but it's a, a deck of cards and. Every time we go into a new place, I draw the top card from the deck, and the card tells us what kind of place it is. So if it's a number card, it's a dangerous path. If it's a jack, it's a lonely place. If it's a queen, it's a quiet place. If it's a king, it's a sacred place. If it's an ace, it's a dark place. And if it's a joker, bad things happen. And we'll get to that when we, when we get to yes. those. Um, so I'm going to draw the first card. Uh, do you have your map ready to I, chart I it? I do. All right. So the first card is the Four of Hearts. So there's danger here, but before the danger came, I think what you see is it's a body of water. And the path takes you along the beach of that water. And I think there are seashells. Um, and I think they, they, at first they look like seashells, but when you get closer, each, each of them is actually that kind of watercolor frozen reflection of a fish or a crab. Or, or a frog, or and it's just like all of these scattered after images all over uh, the beach in the sand, uh, and you see just like this beach just covered in all of these after images, and because this is a four of hearts, that matches the color of your strong suit, but it doesn't exactly match. So what that tells us is that this place feels familiar, although you might never have walked this path before. So now is the time when the adversary, when they tell us what's dangerous about this place, they're going to gather two dice. Okay, I've got two dice in front of me. Okay, so now we're sharing the adversary role. So Let's talk about what might be dangerous here. Um, describe the possible obstacles that might imperil the Echo. Enemies that might seek to destroy them or traps they might fall into. Uh, let's imagine the danger that fills this place. So what I immediately, the first thing that jumps to mind is these fragments or these reflections, these frozen fragments of, of a fish. I picture something or I picture a fish becoming trapped in that fragment in that reflection mm. there's and and so I I 
I want to throw it over to you and say, like, how are you feeling about that? And is there something more specific you want to, like, push towards that? Or is it just that it's easy to get lost in these fragments? Uh, that, that's interesting of, like, <clears throat> like, fi- like fish, maybe, like, maybe they're small. And so, like, that after image is, like, you know, we were talking about a fox jumping through the air. And it's mm-hmm. like part of the fox gets, like, left behind as an after image. But maybe when it's something that's small, like a fish the after image is just the entire fish. And so the fish gets stuck as an after image. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe the, the danger here is uh, maybe there's something about this body of water mm-hmm. uh, that if you get too close, you might get stuck as an after image too. A body of water is bigger than a tree. Yeah. Like that, that, that I love it because that line of logic sounds innocuous, but then when you pair it with the ocean, like it immediately it immediately clicks of like, yeah, if it's a small fish, it's it's gonna get stuck in a small little fragment, but tree, that that tree's gonna look at the ocean and it's gonna get it's gonna be its own fragment. Right. Yeah. So it's like you have to be careful that you don't get too close to the water. And yeah. I wonder I wonder if it, it maybe it's something about like your reflection in the water. I like that. I love I love that. I love that it's it's a reflection type thing. Yeah. Um okay. Adversary, go ahead and roll those dice. Alright. I'm gonna roll two D six. Alright, and using the highest roll, I'm gonna declare the echo's fate. That is a three. The echo fails miserably. It's something spurs them to try again and again and again. So, why do you fail here? And why do you persist? And how do you finally succeed? I think it is too easy to look at that reflection. And by the time you've looked at the reflection, it's too late and you are trapped. And all you can do when you are trapped is look around and walk in the same way that those fish are all they can do is swim in place and flop in place and jump in place all you can do is explore the space immediately around you but for the vessel or for the start for the shade but for the shade that space is the entire beach and on that beach on that beach is its own reflect is a reflection which ultimately means, I mean, and the ocean is large enough, and the ocean is vast enough. Really, the whole world is reflected in the ocean somewhere. So all I have to do is, now that I'm back on the beach again, looking at this reflection again, all I have to do is remember not to look. Because everything is around me. And by not looking... By remembering not to look, I walk right out, or I, I I avoid it. I I don't know if I'm out of the second level of the crystal. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm truly free from the fragment. Mm. But really, who can say that all of our existence is not a fragment of a crystal somewhere? Right. So, how many times does it take you to remember not to look? Oh, it's got to be several. 
It's gotta be, like, it's... Because, and honestly, the later ones hurt worse. Because it's not forgetting. It's that you know you, it's that you know you can't resist it. Yeah. Like, the first, first time or two, it's, it's genuinely forgetting. You know, once, 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 once I've worked out the plan of I just have to not look, well, then the idea of looking is in my head. Right. And there's a few, probably a couple times where I, I, I'm just not going to look. And I say it and I say it and I say it and then I, I hear a noise or I catch a glimpse of like my toe mm-hmm. and then it's over like that tiny little snippet. Yeah. But eventually, like, I think eventually it's not, it's not even like I outwit it. I just exhaust myself to the point where it works. Eventually, eventually I don't look because I, I lack the energy to look. Oh, so it's not even like you, you just persisted until you succeeded. It's you persisted until you couldn't bear to fail anymore. Yeah, and then eventually I just, it, it was just I needed to get it over with, and, and I did, and then I was free. You know, it's, it's almost like you stopped trying, and as soon as you stopped trying, it was easy. Yeah, it's almost exactly like that. Wow. And okay. so we move on to our next place. All right, drawing the next card. And the card is the Ace of Clubs. So... That brings us to a dark place. Dark places are ancient, built to keep safe the keys that can open the doors to the beginning and the end. A dark place might be guarded by a powerful foe, or it might be a deadly trap-filled labyrinth that you must navigate before you can reach its heart. The heart of this place contains one of the four keys you will need to stop the crisis and save the tower. If the Echo possesses the relic that matches the place's suit, they can open the door and contend with the dangers that wait inside. If not, they find the way shut and will have to return once they have the appropriate key, unless someone has opened an alternate way in. So for clubs, I'm, I'm keeping track of the suits because I feel like that's a, a good way to make it consistent. It's easier to imagine what the place is like. I think for clubs... Mm-hmm. you say clubs or spades? Uh, clubs. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, I think for clubs... It's like, um, it's like a whole lot of clockwork. Um, like, I think I think clubs in this world is is like technology. It's gears and wheels and extravagant devices that are slowly turning, um, which is interesting because it. it with things that are alive in the world beyond the rift, there's the, there's those watercolor after images, mm-hmm. but the clockwork. I'm going to call it the clockwork district. In okay. the in the clockwork district, uh, there are no after images uh, for the for the machines um, because they're not alive. They're just moving endlessly, uh, and so you get to this uh it's like a clock tower and there's a door out front and the door is made of gears and hinges and wheels and 
when you first walk up, you do not see any way to open this door. Like it doesn't even look like what you would expect a door to be. Um, like there's no handle, there's no lock. Uh, it's just a big collection of gears, and you can tell that this is the way in, but you don't see any way to open it. So, mm. and because this is clubs, that does not match your strong suit at all. This place no, it is does not. This place is strange, hostile. The darkness has taken this place almost entirely. So when we roll, we're only rolling one die. Okay, so I am going to roll one dice to see if the room, if the if the way is blocked or if someone has found, been here before. Yeah. The way is blocked. The way is blocked. In order to proceed, I will need to find the relic that matches this place's suit, go back the way I came, and find a new path. All right. So I guess I will just draw a new card. All I'll right. Come back to that later. Yes, indeed. The Jack of Hearts. So. Jack is a lonely place. A lonely place might be a small settlement, a busy portion of a city, or a solitary person alone in the wilderness. Regardless of the setting, what we find in this place is a single person with a specific need. So with hearts, we know we're back at the, uh, we're back at the beach. Yes, indeed. We know that there is water. And with hearts, with the jack, we know that the person you find needs supplies, such as food or building materials, in order to continue surviving. So I think the person that you find is a fisherman. And they need a special kind of uh, like protective eyewear to protect them from the reflection of the water. And I wonder if it's like, I'm imagining like goggles with polarized lenses. Mm. You know how sometimes like when you wear polarized lenses and you look at a, a like a, a puddle or something, you don't see the, the reflection, you just see straight down. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fisherman needs those goggles and they know where they are but they need help getting them uh, I think we're going to call this person Amethyst Amethyst uh, and I think that they're a fisherman they, they catch fish from this body of water um, and their strength comes from knowing that Doing what they do helps them to feed their community. Mm. Uh, and that's what always keeps them coming back. And I think when you come to their their uh, their fishing spot, it's like a, a pier. And I think as you walk up, you see like after images of this fisherman. Like like they 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 failed in exactly the same way that you failed. Mm-hmm. Uh and you, but then you see them at the edge of the at the the edge of the pier, and they're they're, they're covering their eyes, and uh, and they're waiting for for someone to <laughs> to help them find their goggles so that they can do their fishing. Uh, and so, 
uh, as the adversary, think, yeah, I think we know the danger that looms. Uh, I want to throw out a new danger that popped into my head. And that is, if Amethyst outwitted the reflection, perhaps, and perhaps that their reflections are still there, perhaps either their reflections or the reflections of the fish are jealous. Oh. And so that they're, like, all of these reflections are just watching. Yeah. And are, are, are trying, and, oh, yeah, and because they're watching Amethyst, do you know what they're not watching? They're not watching the shade. And they're not watching the reflection. <gasps> oh! And so they, they, that releases them. And so they, they're, they're, they're slowly, the fact, as long as, Ameth- the longer Amethyst is there, the more danger they are they have of releasing all of these people that have become jealous of Amethyst. Yeah. And, like, become bittered, specifically embittered by Amethyst. So it, it almost seems like, like, Amethyst can't continue fishing at this spot. Like, this spot is no longer safe. Yeah. Right? And so, so I, I, I imagine part of it is help amethyst find their goggles and then another part of it i feel like is you know help them escape this pier Mm -hmm. without being i don't know torn apart by fish yeah 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 so i think uh and then for the echo uh, i'm going to describe how i help this person how i demonstrate they can trust me uh, I've drawn the place on the map. I've recorded the details of the person that I've helped. Um, I think the place I'm going to draw on the map is specifically the place that I'm taking Amethyst to. Okay. Because that feels good. I like that. So how does Amethyst know that they can trust you? I think I give them their shades. And I think their shades happen to be the exact kind of crystal of my leaves. Yeah. So I just kind of pluck a leaf, and I, I pluck, like, two leaves, and I tie their stems together. Mm-hmm. And I hand them to, to Amethyst, and they pop them on, and they can suddenly see. And there's a moment of, there's a moment of relief there. There's a, moment of, there's a moment of joy that comes from that. Yeah. And yet, but the other, the other part of it is that there's also a moment of, of seeing what they're up against. Right. And so... I think, you know, once they, they once they, they look around and they see everyone starting to lurch towards them, I I kind of kneel down and I offer my shoulders. I'm like I'm like, don't worry, I've I've been here and I point to several other shades <laughs> who are also looking. And we take off running in the exact opposite direction that we were going originally. And in doing so we we just run far. We run down along the beach until there are no reflections. There's there's a there's a chunk of beach that is as that is just pure crystal, pure smooth crystal. And I stop there and I I I kind of I turn I kind of like kneel down and I I, I put up a hand in front of Amethyst's face, and I'm like, 
let me, let me, let me, let me do this. And I look, and when I look, nothing happens. I found, I found a section of beach that is simply crystal. It's like a, a safe place. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think Amethyst is uh, grateful for that safety. Uh, and I think they, they wish you well. Uh, so here's how heroes work. Um, if you ever roll a one in a dangerous place that matches the suit of the hero, uh, so in, in this case, hearts, if you ever roll a one in a dangerous place for hearts, the person you help comes and offers you their assistance. So Amethyst is going to show up and help you uh, face the dangers of these uh, reflections, uh, which lets you succeed as if you'd rolled a four or a five. And then if you fail in a dark place that matches that suit, they help you uh, and sacrifice themselves to save you. So let's hope that it doesn't come to that. I hope. But because I love Amethyst and Amethyst I, is great. I, I, I want to defend them. <laughs> uh well we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, yeah, we will. Are we ready to move on to the next place? I believe we are. All right. The Queen of Hearts. So we are still at the beach. Still at the beach? Yeah. I we, we 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 traveled a long way. And queens represent quiet places. Quiet places are spots where danger is muted, where you have time to rest and reflect. This is perfect. This This is is so good. This is exactly right. You have time to rest and reflect on what's been lost. You can find a quiet place anywhere, but the quiet places on your map are the ones that contain secrets that reveal something about the world and your place in it. So I want to know, I want to know why this stretch of beach is all crystal. Uh, But... When you arrive in the quiet place, you also find another echo. Someone on a path that is very similar to yours. If you have found other paths that were cleared for yourself, this other echo may have been responsible. And now they are here. So, the weaver doesn't have much to say here. Uh, It just says, pass the turn to the adversary. And the adversary is interesting. Because the rules here say this place is peaceful, eerily so. There's room to pause and rest. And there's danger. We know that there's danger from the water. But Mm -hmm. it looms here too, but it's quiet. It's waiting. And I think that what that looks like is there's, there's all those after images that kind of woke up as you were running. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just staring from the edge of the the edge of that crystal, and it looks like they're they're wait like they're waiting for something, and you don't know if they're waiting for you to to come back within reach, or or if they're just wondering how they get there too. But they're all just standing at the edge, just watching. And I think when you notice that those after images are there. I think that's also when you notice this other echo. And I think, uh, I think they look a lot like the shade. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're another gem folk. Um, but I think maybe they're like a different color crystal. Yeah. 
so which we didn't really talk about uh, what color crystal the shade is. I'm picturing like a. I'm picturing um, the only way. Like I don't know the the color of a papaya is the papaya. The color of a papaya is the one that comes into my head, and I don't know what color you would describe that as, but that's the color that I see. It's I sort to... of orange, sort of pink, kind of sam. A little uh, salmon, I guess, is a color that's close okay. to it. Kind of a papaya colored gem folk. Yeah, I think. This, uh, I think this echo is green, kind of like the outside of an unripe papaya. Okay. And I think, I think they don't, this is the first time they've seen you, and I think that they don't know what to make of you. Uh, so I don't think they speak, I don't think they say anything. But when they recognize that the shade is also a gem folk, I think they walk, they, they sort of lead you over to, it's like a, like a hole in the crystal, like, like something's been dug there. Mm-hmm. And they show you, it's, a, it's like a mound of, it's, it's like there's like a pile of like rocks that have been placed here. And they start digging through the rocks. And they find uh, underneath this pile of rocks, they reveal um, it's, it's a small plant. Mm. And it's not the kind of like flat edges, crystal-like uh, leaves that you remember from the the crystal forest, but you do remember plants that looked like this. And I think once I look at that plant, I think I I, I looked, I lean down amongst the rocks and I pick up another one and I set it on the water and the water ripples like water does for a moment and then kind of like firms up to crystal again. Yeah. And then the, and then the, the, the second plant is kind of lost to a reflection, but for a moment it kind of changes things. And, and the presence of this plant somehow changes the, the, the makeup of this beach that we're on. And what was the suit? Uh, what was the suit that we Heart, drew? Hearts. Hearts? So it, it calls to mind memories of family and friends and feelings of home. And uh, I remember, I remember beautifully blowing in the wind and like rustling, and leaves falling and plants growing brown and dying and falling to the ground. But I remember colors changing and branches blowing and a movement, a watercolor-like movement among the trees, among everything that is now static and gem-like and angular. But I remember when, I remember when we moved. Okay. All right. The other echo departs, leaving you to ponder your existence and theirs. Are you ready? I'm ready. The four of clubs. Clubs brings us back to 
the Clockwork, Clockwork District. So there's this area that is all machinery and gears and things. And, and I think what's dangerous about this place is um, I think there's people here, but they're, they're not trusting. And I think you can see them peering out of windows and they're looking at you. They see you and then they immediately shut their, their windows. And I think, I think there, there's this like walking down like a cobblestone path, except that when you look more closely, they're not cobblestone. They're just more gears. It's just like gears and wheels and everything is mechanical here. And I think you get to an intersection of paths and someone steps out of an alley and they look like they want to stop you. And they are dressed like someone with authority, but not so much authority that, you know, like it's not like they run this place but they are there to keep the peace. Mm. And that's when you realize that like you've, you've seen people looking out of windows, but you have not seen anyone on the street. Like the streets are empty. And, Mm. and so there's like this enforcer that is walking towards you. And because this is clubs, that doesn't match your strong suit. It does not. So you've never heard of this place. Maybe it was a secret hidden from the world, or maybe it was simply too far from your home. I think the Clockwork District is somewhere where I've, is itself where I've never seen before. It's farther than I've ever been. The only time, the closest I've ever come was a door that I couldn't open. And I think what is becoming apparent is I don't, move enough I don't move in the way that the gears move and and it and, and it, it 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 carries it it carries with it it I think like that yeah I like that I like that it, it is it is this element of like I am not moving enough and that causes the gears to move a little bit faster Mm. and they start to grind and it's, and this enforcer who is, I'm picturing like a human, a human like shape that is just gears upon gears that like the more you look, it's sort of a fractal gear. It's just gears all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, they're just, like, their gears are starting to move faster, and they are just trying to, like, push me back because because the gears are speeding up, and that's probably not good. Yeah. I mean, they've never, I mean, they've never seen it. They've never seen it happen. It could be fine, but it it, it reads as, it reads as, as worrying. Mm -hmm. A change has happened. Yeah. Like suddenly, like this, you know, there, there's something about this that feels different from the kind of uh, lurching chase on the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Like this, this is like another entity that does not want you around. Yes. And so I am going to roll. Uh, the adversary is going to roll one d six because this is a a place that I've that the hero or that the echo has never been. Yeah. That the shade has never been. So it's going to be one d six. That is a three. That is a failure. So. You fail miserably, but something spurs you on to try again, and again, and again. Why do you fail here? Because I walk away. I, 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 I panic. I panic, and I, I panic, and I leave. And I, I am left alone just out like sitting and I think what spurs me to succeed is spite is the spite of bitter refusal and I am pushed out again and I am alone again this time it is not this time, the repetition is not one of I am merely exhausting myself because each time I am pushed out, it changes. Yeah, it changes. It, it is. It is no longer that I am being. That I am. It is no longer that I am failing myself. It is that I. I am. My resolve is hardening. Mm. And as that happens, the crystal grows denser around me, and the, you know. There are there are rigid edges that form, and eventually, my edges are so sharp, and my points so uh, razor so razor razor hard and sharp. Yeah, that when gear hand touches them, the- there is a screeching and a cracking, and Do I will not be pushed. Yeah. Do you push back? To an extent, I think. I think um, I move forward. I do not. I do not slow down, and I do not. And I do not let up. And to a certain, and at a certain point, that forward motion becomes a little bit of a push. Uh, I mean, a push is at its core exerting a force right. to an effect, and. I certainly have exerted force here. Yeah. And I don't, at the same time, and I don't regret it. Well, because that enforcer is entering your space. Yes, exactly. And I, I am, I have the space where I am going and I will not be pushed out of it. Yeah. And I think, I think at a certain point, the enforcer just lets you go. Mm -hmm. As they realize that they can't stop you. Mm hmm. They realize they can, they can keep trying, but the, the edges are just going to get sharper. Yeah. The points point here. And I think I walk straight into whatever the next room is. Which is a two of spades. Ooh. We haven't seen spades yet. We have not seen spades yet. So, I think... I think I want spades to be... Like a place that's... Uh, so if if the clockwork is like the outside of a city, 
like like the the exterior of like the buildings that are in a city. I think spades is like the inside of a building. Mm-hmm. Like that takes you into like the interior of a house or a, or a, a, a like a government building or an office. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a dangerous place. And I think, um, I think you know, this is this is like a it's like an office building, uh, within within the Clockwork District. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when you walk inside, there are people uh, at desks working, and I think they're working on like paperwork and like filling out forms. And you hear like the you know, like that that sound of like sh- 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 of like papers being ruffled, mm-hmm. um, and that's just like that's like the cacophony of sound that's in this place is just these people, um, just hard at work on what looks like mindless drudgery, um, and your presence and your entrance into this building is an interruption of that work. And, you know, you've never heard of this place. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a secret hidden from the world, or maybe it's just too far from your home, but this is not familiar territory. Mm-hmm. So when the adversary rolls, it's going to be one die. And I think what is dangerous is just the scope of it all. Like, how easy is it to look to one side of this office building and just see, I mean, you know, the ocean was vast, but that's the ocean. That's, that is a thing that makes a degree of sense in the universe. Yeah. This you look out and it is desks and cubicles and then you look back and suddenly you don't remember which way the door is right it is so easy to simply wander amongst these cubicles and these desks and these offices forever and and it seems like it's always growing it seems like there's always another another section another break room Mm -hmm. another uh poorly put together conference room like it's just it seems like there's always something and there's always a hallway where there wasn't one before i feel like there there's like you, you get to a room that you think might be different because the desks and the cubicles look different, but no, this is just an like an open floor plan where mm-hmm. it, it's like it's still cubicles, just like the tops of the cubicles are lower. Yeah, you know, it, it's still more of the same. It's still exactly the same drudgery. People are still doing the same filling out of forms. It just looks different. And yet, the echo rolled a four. Or the adversary rolled a four. The echo succeeds easily. The danger here is great, but the echo is ready for it. So, how do you find the path forward so easily through this awful place? (laughs) I think it is another smaller gemfolk. Like, I see another smaller gemfolk. This one in a pot. No big, you know a tiny little thing a tiny little folk and I look at them and 
though my memory, I have never been here, their memory is that they have been here for hundreds of years. And so when I look to them, I feel their memories in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. And I look up and suddenly some of those hallways are undone. And I follow their path and soon I find another potted plant, another small little gemfolk. And I take their memories. I, I take the gift freely offered and I look up and slowly, as this continues to happen, I slowly see the pathways go undone, and I carry the memory of those that have left the office building, and I walk out. Yeah. So this, I want to know more about this sharing of memory. Uh, like, is is it like they give you the memory and they don't have it anymore? Or is it like, a, is it more like telling a story? I think it is more like telling a story. It, it happens in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they glow. I think, it, I think it is, I think there are no words past. I think it is I look, I look at them and they glow, you know, a lo- that same kind of light, that same kind of like color that sort of crackles forth from them, yeah. from, from me crackles forth from them. And then those same colors crackle forth from me. And there is a moment where our colors are pulsing and exactly in sync. It, 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 it is sort of a, a rainbow effect that has the exact cadence of have you ever been driving and the car in front of you, your turn <gasps> signals start to yeah. fall into sync mm-hmm. for like a few seconds. Yeah. And for those few seconds, you're watching them and they are perfectly in sync and then they fall out of sync for, but for that few moments, oh, it's magical. like exact. Yeah. That's yeah. it's, it's that exact experience where the colors are just flowing in exactly the right way. And then their colors start to go in one direction and my colors start to flow in another, but there's that moment of of synchronicity that like of perfect connection yeah and that's how you escape and that is how i escape that is that is that is how i it is it is it is those moments of short fleeting connection that allow me to to walk out yeah that's important that it is are you ready for the next place i am ready for the next place we have a jack of diamonds. The Jack of Diamonds, my strong suit. Yeah. So, uh, Jack of Diamonds brings us to a lonely place. Might be a small settlement, a busy portion of a city, or a solitary person alone in the wilderness. Uh, diamonds is going to be our crystal forest area, so that's mm-hmm. kind of like going back home. You find a single person with a specific need. And for diamonds, that means you find someone who needs to recover something that they lost to help them remember who they are and where they came from. Mm. So I think you make your way out of this office building and you find, I think you find a park. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, like like a forest park in the middle of this clockwork district. And so there's you know, there's all these planted trees, but they're not gem folk. You know, these these are these are uh, they're trees that have been planted, which is different. You know, mm-hmm. but you find one tree in this park that looks like it doesn't belong, and you 
you know you know a gem folk when you see one mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and they need help because they they too went through that office building but they came out less than they were before and i think i'm supposed to tell you their name but i don't think they remember it i don't think they do and i think which I think is also the also why they can't leave, right? They don't. Yeah. Where would they go? And I think that what do they do for their community? I don't know that they remember that either. Mm-hmm. And I think where does their strength come from? I don't think that they, I think they are so close to just losing themselves in this forest park. And I think you can feel like the looming of the, the trees that are in this park, and it's like it feels. It feels gentrified. Mm-hmm. And it feels like if you stay here too long, you might end up just like any of the other trees that are in this park. But you don't. You don't stay here. How do you help this person? I think I try, I try, you know, gesturing to them. I try lifting them up. I try, like, writing them because I, I picture that they've started to. I guess sag, but I guess in sort of a very geometric way, it would just literally be tilting forward. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried all these things, and I, I, I'm 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 at a loss. I don't know what to do, and I'm frustrated. Until I think back to being in that office building, and I think about how I walked out of that office building, and I realized that I I didn't navigate my way out of that office building. I did it because there were gem folk that lifted me up when I was figuring out how to navigate. Yeah. And so it, it would not be, it would not be right of me to walk away from this, but I also can't, I also know that when I was lost, what I needed was that moment of synchronicity. So I I don't know that, and I don't know that that moment is going to happen on its own. I don't know that that moment is going to, I mean, and we were, we were, we were lucky, those plants, the gem folk and I, because we, it just kind of happened. We, we looked and we both knew, and we both felt that comfortable sharing that moment. So I think what I'm going to have to do is shine brightly, shine as brightly as I possibly can. And just, I think it is just an illuminating a, a a dazzling display it is it is it is bright and it is everything and it is everything i can do to catch the eye of this gem folk and i think eventually i think i think it has to eventually work of if i shine brightly and i i i i, I share my color i think there's a spark it's it's small but it's there there's a spark and when that happens, my color, I, I kind of, you know, dial back. I pull back and I let that color and I, I let their color lead. I find I find the color that was shared with me from one of the plants inside. I, I let that color, I follow and I connect with their color. And I, I, and together we start to have that moment and I'm letting them lead. I'm letting them walk. I'm not pushing i'm not forcing i am simply letting letting them lead and 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 showing them that that they can come to a place where they remember who they were 
And I think, I think when they finally come out of that, uh, that trance or that depression, I think they look at you and they thank you. And they don't tell you their name, but you can tell that they now remember what it is. I, that's fine. I I would not I would not push on them to ask. I would not push on them to ask it. It is enough to know that they are my friend. Yeah. You got a friend now. I have a friend. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for the next place? I think I'm ready for the next place. Okay. We have the King of Diamonds, which is a sacred place. A sacred place abandoned and left to rot still shows signs of the people who built it. Although you might not remember them clearly, they were your people, and they left something here for you, or for someone like you, to help you in your journey. A relic. I wonder if you're still in this forest park. Oh, definitely. Definitely still in the forest park. I mean, it's the same. The suit is the same, so that makes a lot of sense that it would be the same kind of space. Yeah, but I, th- I think I think this is like literally the same forest park. And I think what happens is you give off this dazzling display of colors and light. And I think it affects more than just your new friend. I think, I think that pulsing happens to sync up with some of the trees that are around you. Mm. And they start echoing that pulsing out too. And suddenly this this whole forest park is just shining brightly and pulsing with this same energy. And because all of these trees were planted in the same way on the same day, all of their pulses are exactly synchronized. Mm-hmm. And so when they sync with you, it's just like you boom, boom, boom. Boom, and you feel that you feel that synchronous energy from every tree in this park, and and you feel like this desire for the for all of the trees here to not be just trees in a park, and you get the sense that they they resent being contained here, and they just start pulling themselves up by the roots, and I think. Eventually, all of the trees have left. They've found their mm-hmm. way out of the clockwork district. But one of them brings something to you. And I think what they bring you is a seed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's your relic. I think it's exactly what it is. I, that feels wonderful. I love that. I love every bit of that. Yeah. So I, I want yeah. to float this out to you. Yeah. I kind of want to leave it on that for now. Yeah. That feels like a note. Like that. I, I, I there's many rooms left to explore, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling like time, both, both time wise, but also like, I feel like if we're going to, and if we're going to leave it on an int on a, on an ellipses, which I feel like is going to happen, that feels like the ellipses I want to leave it on. Yeah. That feels like it just that visual of those trees uprooting and, and going off and, the gem folk probably they're the one that I, it's gotta be my friend, the gem folk, which yeah. I want it noted is what I wrote on the map. My friend, the gem folk, mm-hmm. it's gotta be that they put the seed in my hand and 
we lock eyes for a moment and then they're gone. And looking at that seed and the glow from that just feels like where I want. I feel like I feel like I I feel like I want to leave the shade to their journeys for a bit. Cool. Oh my god, I really that I gosh. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. That was really, really good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much for playing this game with me. This was lovely. Yeah. Wow. So do we want to do a quick debrief and then we'll wrap? Yeah, that sounds great. How are, how are you feeling? I'm feeling like I feel like we I feel like we were pretty like the game played pretty heavy, but I feel like it was exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah, it was it it's uh this game has the the possibility, the potential to take you to some like dark places, but I, I feel like there's also kind of a a stubborn optimism to it. Yes, yes, that's and a good if, way to describe it. That's exactly what I was feeling throughout a lot of it. Yeah. Cuz it's it's like, yeah, it sucks, you know, mm-hmm. but it doesn't suck forever, and you do persevere. Right, like, you 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 will win. Like, like the like, it's in the rules. You are going to win, which is one of my favorite things about it. Like it, it I know, I've, I know, I've heard, I've I've seen you talk about this on Twitter in regards mm-hmm. to beyond the rift of like that feeling of like it's gonna suck and you're going to be upset and frustrated and hurt, but you will eventually win like that knowledge really kind of um elev like it both kind of elevates and kind of pushes me like pushed me as the echo to be like okay like this is this is this is good this is okay this is worth it like it really kind of gave a really good motivation to keep going yeah i really love this game <laughs> it's good yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I I wrote it, but like I I I don't mind saying it's a good game. Like it feels really I, good to play. I know that feel as a designer. I know that feel as someone that has written games. That I also go like, yeah, I did technically write this. I am obliged to say it's good. Yeah, but yeah. also this is good. Yeah, yeah, and like like the structure of it is really solid in a way that like I hope that people listening to this and people who read it uh i hope that they realize that like you can use this framework to like tell a different story mm-hmm. you know um, yeah like i want people to like take this and hack it and reskin it and like put out their own versions of it i feel like i feel like it's a good structure i I, I'm saying this on mic partially so that I hold myself accountable down the road to do it, but like I have a very specific, like a laser specific hack that I mm-hmm. want to make of this structure because I think it works perfectly, mm-hmm. and I just need to like sit down and actually like write it out because like it it feels like it exactly matches the rhythms of the story that I want to tell with it. Yeah, I want to see it. I want I want you to do it. I want I want, to, I'm, that's why it's on mic. It's on mic. I'm yep. saying it to you. Accountability. It is, it, <laughs> it is there. Yeah. <sighs> well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show and playing this game with me. I had the best time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work, and Beyond the Rift online? Uh, you can find me, D Pennyway, at 
Dpennyway, D-E-E-P-E-N-N-Y-W-A-Y, uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also find my game stuff at Mnemonic RPG. That's M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C-R-P-G dot itch dot I-O. Uh, all my games are on there. Um, also, be sure to check out the Kickstarter uh, for a Weaver's Almanac. Uh, if you look for Mnemonic on Kickstarter, you should be able to find it. Uh, I will also be plugging it like hell on Twitter. Uh, so, there will also be a link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, be, be sure to check that out and back it. Um, show us your support. Tweet all the links. Um, and check out Beyond the Rift and give it a play. I hope that you I hope you, you do that, listeners, because I am... I am glowing as though I were a gem folk tree is the only way to describe how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for playing this game. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> and for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Well, thank you past me. And thank you again to D for coming on the show. This game was God, just beautiful. Like it was just a beautiful evocative experience that like, I will say uh, a tidbit for you listening literally not 10 seconds after D and I ended the call, we both sat down and went, so we're doing this again to finish this story, right? Like we don't know when we haven't like formally scheduled it or anything, but we both sat down and went, I need to know how this story ends. I need to know where the shade is going and like what's going to happen to them on their journey. So like we definitely will be revisiting this episode. I guarantee it until then go to Kickstarter Back the Mnemonic Weaver's Almanac. Go to Twitter. Follow D at DPennyway. Go to Itch.io. Buy Beyond the Rift. Go to the show notes where there's links to all of those things. And then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice review on Stitcher, iTunes, or Podchaser. There are other websites, but those are the three that send a nice notification to my email. Uh, you can also back us on Patreon, Coffee, or PayPal.me. Um, that's, that's patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer, coffee.com slash Jeff Stormer, or pay, paypal.me slash Jeff J Stormer, because Jeff Stormer is taken. Uh, you can also, the other thing you can do to support the show is by supporting the other podcast that I produce, All My Fantasy Children, which is a podcast on the One Shot Network, where my best friend Eric Tannosize and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Now, Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show as a guest, or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, I think that's it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the force of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 